Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Current Events Monday. Yep, we've got a lot to discuss, a lot to chat about. Um, and as always, we were we we're going to talk about current events. No dur. And then we are going to jump into a slightly theological, Jacob's calling it a theological warm-up, which I think makes a lot of sense. Slightly theological warm-up. Slightly theological warm-up, which I think makes a lot of sense given what we do after that, which is our theological wrap-up. So, yes, we dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. And the best way to do that is through studying (laughs) Uh, the Bible and what it looks like to actually have a biblical world view. So today, uh, you probably heard, I mean, if you didn't hear about it, you're following some interesting people on social media, or maybe you don't have Facebook, in which case, all right, I didn't mean to insult you there. But uh, there was, uh, there were some interesting things, couple, a couple of things that happened last week. And it uh, was the same sort of thing that happened multiple times, uh, some People were arrested for doing certain things, and some other people very near them were not arrested for doing certain other things. And um, there's a lot there to discuss and break Bruce, into. So, Bruce, I just yeah. had to say I'm I'm now offended because I don't have Facebook. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Jake. I, uh, <laughs> Jacob is the representation of non-Facebook users, so if I've offended him, there's a few out there. Basically, all social media non non social media user yes of any kind I mean, there was a day when that might have been like oh you're uninformed but now that's just smart so um lot to get into it's gonna be a cool cool day before we do that though we have to do what we always do which is talk about our verse of the week and our verse this week is first samuel chapter 12 verse 14 yes that's right your ears do not deceive you you heard me correctly verse 14 ha <laughs> one Verse, this passage, this verse says, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, and if you bo- uh, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. Mm. So this passage, <laughs> really cool for so many different reasons. One, uh, we are told to not be antinomians, right? We are yet again reminded scripturally that the law of God is perfect, reviving the soul. We are once again told that it is a refreshing thing. It is a wonderful thing. It is a glorious thing to follow the commandments of God. And in fact, here, there is there are repercussions for not doing so. What is the opposite of it will be well? It won't be. <laughs> mm. So if this is true... It follows that there is an ancillary negative side effect of this not being true. So in the case that this does not, is this not followed, it will not be well. If we are not following the commands of God, it will not be well. There's a lot more to this as well. We're going to be talking about it throughout the week. But the part that I'm going to be focusing in on today as I begin to uh, wrap up things at the end of today's episode for the last 10 minutes, maybe five minutes however much time Jacob is willing to give me, um, then we, uh, we're really going to hone in on the, um, if both you and the king who reigns over you mm. will follow the Lord, 
your God. And so that's going to come up later today. But with all that being said, we've, we've ticked all the boxes. It's now time to move into our theological, not theological. It's time to move into our current events. So Jake, what do you got for us this week? Some interesting thing hap- things happened. Um, I wish you would have left the best part of that verse for me to cover on Wednesday, but I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It's, it fits in with your, um, Done. with your thing. Apologies. So, um, but this week, I don't, Bruce probably already told you in a sense. And no, 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 he didn't say much about it. He didn't give it, give it away. I but um, see, I was purposefully vague. <laughs> I'm learning, Jake. I'm learning. Yeah. I feel like I should but, get points for that. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. I don't Thank know you. how to give those, but you do. You. Darn it. I don't know All how right. to give well, those we'll out. We'll sort that out. And then. Yeah. We got to figure out a point, point system. <laughs> do. Two. Two, actually. <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. Thanks. Giving that two points for that. But um, about two weeks ago, on July 29th, a Christian preacher, and the article says preacher, but it, I don't I don't know for sure about that. But it, the article said preacher, so I'm, I'm going to go with it. Um, sure. A Christian preacher was arrested for preaching to a pride group. Okay. This occurred in a small town not far outside of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, And this was during a significant Pride event in one of the parks. Uh, This place was Watertown, Wisconsin. Um, May I just ask you, how is that a thing? How is what a thing? (laughs) I just, the, the fact that a Pride event... Like we can utter that phrase and that's literally a thing Normal. that exists that we just gloss over. Like that's not the right. crazy part. Nope. No, that's no. that's the that's just a side thing. The, the crazy part is what happens next. But like <laughs> like really? That's I feel like I feel like the, the summer of love really just set off the amount of protesting that we have had. Mm. It it seems like just like we've had protesting yep. No, for so for like very often i i think we've yeah. covered different types of protests a lot on this show and, and it feels like people just protest over nothing uh what was it mm-hmm. um uh i forget exactly oh oh it, it was just some random comedian on uh on youtube i saw them but they um what they what they said is that it's just like college age people are just like ready to protest whatever it was like I think I think he was bringing it up. He was like, um, uh, it was like, oh, it's Wednesday night. All right, protesting something. I don't know. I, I just bought the blank sign, and we can fill it in. However, uh, but um, what are we protesting yeah, tonight, just, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like they're ready and raring to protest. And what was it? There was another uh, another riot going on in uh, in New York during the same during the same time and it, it it was for literally nothing i i think i heard it was um some twitch streamer did something and it made everybody riot wow uh and it wasn't wow. even political it was like this twitch yeah. streamer was giving away something for free and people just started the riot wow that's crazy. I, I don't know the the details for all of that but yep um some men, some young men, and we're going back to the story instead of that rabbit trail. Um, some young men and preachers decided to 
preach against LGBTQ and, and, and its demonic religion, right? Like, you know, like you do. Um, <laughs> like you do. But of course, the forces of evil hating the truth arrested these men for preaching the Bible, for just standing there talking about the Bible, saying verses. I, I think there was another interview or a town council meeting with another kid who was also arrested for preaching. I think this was in a different oh, situation, yeah. but he was arrested for preaching and, uh, and uh, speaking, uh, speaking verses. He was literally just on the sidewalk. In like the park was right there. He's on the edge of the park on the sidewalk reading scripture. And like he yeah. said, he was reading Galatians. He wasn't even reading like yeah. Romans one or something that True. was explicitly yeah. saying these people are wrong. And what he is just literally reading about the love of Christ and yeah. they arrested him for it. Yeah. 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 And Matt Chuella, uh, who we have covered great, his book. Great guy. Um, on the show before uh what was yep. the name of the book again uh i forget a the doctrine exact name. of the lesser magistrates there we go there we go and we've yep. covered it on the show before so if people yep. want to check out that episode, hey there might should. be a series for that book coming, coming up. up on our website very Soon. shortly we're working on it we're working on this it. is There's not a lot of work this is not a paid position we're not paying anybody to do this this is just <laughs> on our own time so and we're not getting we paid yet either <clears throat> yeah yeah um but matt Chuella, had some words against the cops for their behavior, behavior, citing a very interesting citing Romans 13, saying that the cops are terror to evil, not yep. to good. Mm. Uh, and I found that very, very uh, good and in, not it, insightful for most people because we always get Romans 13 wrong. We always think Romans 13 means, oh, follow whatever the government says because the government says so, you know, right. And in Couldn't a world from the, the truth. Right. In a world where the lines between good and evil are blurred, it, it can be hard to find out who is right and who is wrong. And when I say it is hard to see the line, I mean it is actually really easy because we know the truth, but we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm. We yeah. know good and evil. You know murder is wrong. People know murder is wrong. It's not hard to see good and evil. We just yeah. don't want to see it, so we suppress that truth in unrighteousness. Yep. And and a while back, I I think we covered a similar story where a Christian man was arrested for preaching out against, I think it was abortion. It would it was either abortion or or a pride thing because that seems like the main things that people protest over. But again, it, it could be something random. It could have been George Floyd stuff. I I don't know. But um, I forget the exact story that we covered before, but the same sort of thing where it's and really it's, it's not strange of an occurrence for cops to be focusing on Christians. It's, it's not strange for instead of um, talking, instead of, you know, going after really anybody else, they go after the Christians specifically. And, and I, I say it's not strange, not because it makes logical sense, but because it's it's happening. It, it happens a yep. lot. It's, yep. it's normal place. If you're a Christian and there's there's a Muslim next to you who's doing the same thing, he's not going to get arrested. But you are as a yeah. Christian. Exactly. Um, but now I want to I want to look at what the cops and the left 
used as their innocent empanine reason. Because I think it's, uh, I, I do believe the reason for these arrests was megaphone use. And I just, I just want to break that down so that if people are in a conversation and they, they brought this up, that you would be able to say, well, no, actually, you know, yeah. Jacob this brought very up. Interesting. You were, you were talking to me about this in the pre-show and this was yes. fascinating. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I took some time. Right. I, I took a little bit of time. And when I say a little bit, I, it probably was like an hour to two hours. Um, <laughs> but to search through the ordinance of the ordinances, which are basically like smaller laws for the, yeah. the county or the town um, for Watertown, Wisconsin. Um, and like I said before, that's where this incident happened. And I saw nothing about megaphones, at least nothing that explicitly said megaphones. Um, now there were, there were probably thousands of ordinances, um, which is another topic we should discuss at some point, <laughs> but thankfully, yeah. thankfully it was well labeled. I, I say, well, as good best as the government can do. Um, <laughs> and I was able to the find, bar is not very high. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, it, that's. There's a reason there's a saying it's good enough for government work, you know, because mm -hmm. it's bad. But um, and, you know, I, I was able to find some ordinances that, you know, maybe, maybe could be related to this. And actually, it's just the one. And aside from the fact that one of the ordinances says uh, I couldn't find many aside from this, this one. Um, and it says this the ordinance call considers a public nuisance considers this this next quote that i give as a public nuisance and that quote is all loud discordant and unnecessary noises or vibrations of any kind now that wow i would not think a megaphone would be discordant or unnecessary uh especially for the size of this crowd um and to be honest, I don't think it would be loud either. Again, given the size of the crowd and the amount of people that are there. Um, especially if all of them are talking and if all of them are protesting. Which, hopefully, if our audience knows what a protest looks like, there's a lot of shouting involved. Um, so, it, it would have been loud for... It just just those people protesting, it would have been loud. Yep. If this person brought a megaphone, I would be like, yeah, that's normal. That would be a normal reaction. In, in order to speak to people, he would need to use a megaphone. Uh, but, but also, um, Bruce was bringing up that there are cases where the Christians weren't even using megaphones, yeah. yet they were still arrested for megaphone use. And I yeah. and I don't know Not specifically about use, if they, right? Yeah, but but just arrested in so. general. Yeah, which shows they were just yeah. being persnickety and like, mm -hmm. hey, what can we catch them on? Let's just catch them on anything. Oh, they they've got a megaphone, yeah. or oh, they they had a red tie, or oh, they they which, were dressed in colors that we didn't like. Yeah. So, <laughs> which brings up that exact discuss the the exact thing that I was saying before that you know the thousands of ordinances makes it so easy for them to just say whatever the, you, yeah. you break so many laws of man um, within a day that there's yep. no way 
and that that if they want that if they want it on their own whim if they have a bad day and they want you to go to jail they want you to have a citation they want you to whatever they can do it they can do it even so yep. if if you were if you're still claim well they broke the law so they have to be arrested you know romans 13 says i mean you know, you got to follow the government and whatever it says, because Romans 13, you know. But, no. Mathachuela brought up that also within the town's laws, that instructing children in sexual matters is wrong. Let me say that again. According to Watertown law... Instructing children in sexual matters is wrong. So, why is it wrong for Christians to call out evildoers when it when it's hard to make the connection? When when I was just showing before how you have to go through all these loopholes to claim that they are being a public nuisance. When these people, when it it isn't wrong. For these people who signed up to use the space in the park for a pride event, which the town council would have had to sign off on, or or some some yeah. legis or some person would have had to sign off on, even though according to the town's laws, what they do, what they even stand for, is wrong. Yeah. So well before. These Christians supposedly would have broken the law. These people broke the law. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads me to my slightly theological warm-up. I'm sorry, Bruce. I don't know how much time I'm going to have. Hopefully I can <laughs> you get got past two minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So let me read this word for word. Let me just go through this. <laughs> Um, because I do want to get over. This. That's fine. <laughs> the world. Let me just point out. You're gonna suffer, right? And and that phrase is going to make a little bit more sense later on when I get to my second section. But just keep in mind, you're gonna suffer, right? The world hates Christianity. That is a fact of life. Hmm. If you follow God's word and act like a Christian, you will be persecuted. Like I said before, even though the people in that park protesting were breaking the law, and instead of making them uh, pay the penalty for their actions, the Christians paid. Right? John 15, 18 through 19 says, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So just that verse say, right there, saying that if you're a Christian, if you are chosen out of the world, if Christ chose you out, out of the world, then the world will hate you. Matthew 10, 22 says, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Yeah. 
being hated by the world is not something that is strange. But more importantly, it shouldn't be something we should be ashamed of. It shouldn't be something what, that we should run away from. Hmm. It shouldn't be something that we say, ah, dang it, by by me making the world hate me, I'm, uh, those people won't come to church now. No, it is more important that you stand up for God's law, and exactly as God says, that if you, that... As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you outside of the world. Why, why does the world hate us? Right? Why does the world hate us? Because we stand for God's law. Right? Mm. Yeah. Being hated by the world is not something... Yeah, being hated by the world is not something we should be ashamed of. If we are following God's word, the world and the forces of darkness and evil will try to fight you. Right? And that is revealed through the unrighteousness of this earth. Which leads me to my second point. Now remember, what did I, what did I say before? You're going to suffer. But here's the second part. But you're going to be happy about it. <laughs> first. First, we have to understand that through an optimistic mindset, our suffering and our persecution is for a reason. We do not fight the devil in vain. Amen. There is an ultimate end, and that end is going to be with Christ reigning and all the tongues of earth pro proclaiming his lordship. Hmm. Added to this is what God says to those who are persecuted for his namesake. This is why we can be optimistic. Not just, not just for a future, right? Not just for what may come a thousand years into the future, but for ourselves, Matthew 5.10 says, Matthew 5.10 through 12 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed mm -hmm. are you when others yeah. revile you and persecute you, and utter, utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the, the prophets who were before you. God proclaims, Blessed are those who are hated by the world. Blessed are those who the world uh, sorry, who the world um, prosecutes, who the world attacks. For these people who stand up for God's word, not fearing the world's rebuke, they shall receive the kingdom of heaven. You will have trials and tribulations, whether they are brought... Uh, yeah, you will have trials and tribulations mostly through the world hating you. If you are following God's word, that is, they will hate you, right? So you will suffer, but you're going to be happy about it. So with that, be glad and serve the Lord. Hmm. Wow. That was, dude, that was solid. I swear these, just when you think it can't get any better. It's, it's on point, Jack. Yeah, that was great. Love it. Um, and and that is going to play into our conversation today about balancing our battles because you need to take everything that Jacob just outlined. You're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about it. Um, you need to take that and apply it now. So I want to talk about how we apply that 
that motivation, that understanding, that spirit that Jake just outlined, which was tremendous. Um, so balancing our battles. That's what I've titled this wrap up. Society isn't one dimensional. Society isn't one dimensional. Uh, um, economies, nations, and large people groups aren't simple. If we live in one of these things, then we know that. <laughs> um, they're often large and overflowing with ideas, motivations, ambitions, and most importantly and unfortunately, sin. To help make sense of all this confusion, all this big jumble of things, God in his word outlines the major facets of society. Even still, cultures and societies are pretty complex organisms made up of lots of moving parts. This makes sense, right? I think we're tracking until this point. To expect one part to rule and control all the rest of the parts is asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble if you want one part to rule over the rest of them. At the same time, thinking that one part is solely responsible for all the trouble and chaos going around doesn't really make any sense either. Mm. Each part has its side effects on the other parts, and they all play a role in sustaining a functional society. Additionally, all of these parts are ordained by God to exist. All of these parts have an important role, and all of these parts are ordained by God to exist. Each of them is a servant of God. They don't get to do whatever they want to do, which means that God cares about how each part is run. It also means that fighting the corruption in each part or sphere, as we can call it, right? Ah, oh, that sounds familiar. Sphere, sovereignty. There we go. Okay. <laughs> familiar territory, right? It's important that we uh, fight the corruption in each of these spheres, each of these parts. And the way that we fight it should be intentional. And I'd like to give just a really quick, we have four minutes. I'm going to go like two minutes over if that's okay with you, Jake. Um, I'd like to give just a quick overview of each of these parts and specifically what their God-given duties are. You all probably know a lot of this, so I'm not going to spend a lot of detail on it. But if some of this is confusing, hey, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. But I think a lot of this will make sense. And it's just important that we outline some of this really quickly. So the atom. Let's start with the atom. This is the individual. Um, some of the duties that this, the atom, the individual has to have and needs to follow, God-given duties are self-control through the working of the Holy Spirit, a mission towards working for the kingdom of God, and a love and genuine care for their neighbors. So love and genuine care for the people around you. Those are your duties as an individual. Self-control, a mission for the kingdom and love and genuine care for the people around you. Next is the building block, the building block of foundational building block of civilization. It's the family. You guessed it. So some of the God-given duties for this section, this part of society is honor and respect, right? Between parents and their children, their children need to honor and respect their parents and then honor and respect from a wife to her husband. Um, and additionally, love. And it's an action. It's not just an emotional feeling. It's not just a feeling you get. It's providing, protecting, and guiding, right? That's, that's what love looks like in the family, providing, protecting, and guiding. And then longevity and cohesion. It's a block. It's not a squishy thing that just falls apart. It's not sand. It's cement. It's solid. It's together. And it's there for the long haul. It's not just solid for 18 years and then it's gone. It's, it's there for the long haul. So that's, that's the family, the building block. Um, the bride of Christ, 
That's the church, the bride of Christ, the duties, God-given duties for the bride of Christ are discipleship for the members of the body. <laughs> Severely lacking today. Support for those in need within the body and then outside the body. We take care of the people in the church first, and then we help those outside. So if there's people in your church who want to homeschool, but they don't have the money or the time to do it, then that church has the responsibility to help them homeschool their children. That's the church's responsibility. And if they're not doing that, they're failing as a church. So help within the body and then outside the body. And that comes from the tithe, right? Then lastly, <laughs> last thing, we talked about three whole other sections of society. And the last thing we get to, it's one of the smallest parts of society, the justice division, the state, right? Mm. It's not small in the sense that it uh, encapsulates a large it, it encapsulates the largest chunk of the society, right? It's the whole land in a sense. That's where its jurisdiction lies. There's jurisdictional governments, but overall yeah. the state is the largest in terms of population. In a sense, if people. you think of, if you think of America, you first think of its government. Yes, you know? exactly. If you're exactly. looking from Which the outside wrong. in, it's the first thing you see. Right. Exactly. Yes. Which isn't wrong. Um, but, it is the smallest in terms of duties, what it's allowed to do. It has the smallest amount of duties. It is a representation of the justice of God. It maintains order by bearing the sword on the evildoer, evil and it protects the righteous. It's the justice division of society. It doesn't build roads. It doesn't educate children. It doesn't care for the poor. It does none of those things which is why it has the shortest list of duties. It's the smallest amount of duties out of all of the other governments. Okay, so that's just a quick outline of the moving parts of society. All of that should be familiar to you. But now we have to talk about the balance, given all of that, those four moving parts. Here's the balance. Given all these moving parts and their complexities and everything that's involved there, all of these interconnected pieces that God has built into every human nation, it should be obvious that one piece won't destroy or save all the other pieces. And right? I'll repeat that. It should be obvious that one piece will not destroy or save all the other pieces. That's not how this works, <laughs> right? If things are going badly on some level, they're all to blame. And if things are going well, then they are all being equally blessed by God's restraining hand. Hopefully that's, that's clear. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, why does this matter? Why are you hitting me over the head with this? What, what the heck? It matters because we can't run straight to the voting, voting booth, walk home, and think we've won. We can't run, elect someone, and think we've won. And that's if our candidate even wins. That's assuming they won, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Even then, we can't think we've won. We can't think that's it. And let's say we get a post-mill, theonomic, reformed Calvinist into office, right? All the right things, ticks all the right boxes, is going to make all the right decisions in their one position. But we did it by playing their game, and he won by a slim majority vote. The battle is long from being over. We just managed to take a swing at the enemy. That's great. It's tremendous. That's great and all. And it needs to be done. But the battle is still long from being over. God is king over the world, the world, the earth, and everything in it, not just the political realm. This means that the world 
not just one voting block, needs to acknowledge his kingship. And what's included in the what's included in the world, everything that's included in, right? What is it? What what's what's in our world? What's included in this world? Individuals, families, churches, civil governments. All of that is under the kingship of Christ. Psalm 22, 27 through 31 says, All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him, shall bow down, uh, shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. That he has done it. What did Christ say? His last words on the cross? It is finished. He won. It's over. He's done it. He's king of all. That changes how we do it. And, and it just so happens that this is Psalm chapter 22, which is exactly uh, outlining the life of Christ. And Christ on the cross quoted the very first verse of this Psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Psalm 22 verse one that he quoted on the cross just before he died. And if you read through this Psalm, it's a wonderful Psalm because it outlines his entire life and it ends with victory. It ends mm. with him ruling over the nations. It's, it's really incredible. I highly rec recommend you read Psalm 22 if you haven't already. Let's wrap up though. First Samuel 12 verse 14 says, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the, com the commandment of the Lord. And if both you and the King who reigns over you, you and the King who reigns over you will follow the Lord, your God, it will be well. Christ is Lord and King of the world. We need to share this truth with our neighbors, our families, our churches, and our civil governments. It's not about retaining a few fleeting freedoms or rights. It's not about that. It's about discipling our nation in the truths of God's word. That's what we're in the business of doing. That's, that's where we're at here. That's where we should be at. And if we're not, if we're just focused on collecting a few souls from a few nations across the world, then we failed and we've misunderstood our great commission. We should be in the business of nation discipling from the bottom to the top. So, it's all stuff you've heard before, but hopefully this put it in a new light, especially given what Jacob did with his theological warm-up earlier. That was tremendous. Um, really puts you in the frame of mind to understand some of these things and gives you hope and also prepares you for what's coming. Anything else you want to add, Jake? Quick 30-second thoughts before we wrap up. I hope it came through in what I was saying, but that we should rejoice mm. for persecution. Amen. We should yeah. rejoice for suffering in this life that yep. we should when the world puts you in jail that is when you jump up and down with happiness and glee <laughs> yes that that you know then that you are blessed by god yes as steve dace would say you're over the target <laughs> yeah 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 yep absolutely that's tremendous. Well, thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us today. We hope you enjoyed it and got something out of that 35-minute conversation we just had there. 36-minute. Ha-ha. Um, <laughs> we are going to be back on Wednesday. 
going to be exciting because we're doing the next four chapters in the book, uh, The Horse and His Boy. It's going to be cool. Can't wait. Hopefully you've read those already. If not, it's okay. Still have two days. So <clears throat> I would start now. Uh, they're really good chapters. And uh, otherwise, thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us. Check out our show website, trdshow.net. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We are looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday. And until then, remember everyone in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.